Dick and Sandra Bunker missionaries, and uh, they know what I'm talking about. You don't have to, but I appreciate their mission and what they're doing. So you pray for for Dick and Sandra and the ministry opportunity that's that's ahead of them. It's a big one. You ever use something to do a job that it was never intended to do? Ever use a shoe for a hammer? Or a child disciplining tool? I don't know. <laughs> Ever use a butter knife for a screwdriver? When there was a screwdriver 10 feet away, but you had the butter knife, and you try or a pocket knife to do something it was never intended to do? Yeah, you've done that. Uh, teeth for a bottle opener. I don't suggest it, but I've seen it. A man I knew in Indiana used his Suburban, his brand new Chevy Suburban, to pull a stump in his yard. Because he didn't want to go get his tractor. $3,000 transmission later, they fixed his It wasn't intended to do that, but he did. I have learned in 32 years of marriage that I am not qualified to use my wife's scissors. Does every woman in here have a special pair of scissors her husbands aren't allowed to touch? Do you know what I mean? I don't know what they're for, but I can't touch them. Anything I use, they're not meant for that. I don't know what they're meant for. <laughs> Today we're going to look at the third commandment. Uh, before we do that, Ben, as this went off, let's pray together. Father, as we look at your word, we ask that your spirit would just speak to us. Old, old words, and my, how relevant today these commandments are. And what a different world it would be if we would listen and follow and do. So, Father, help us today as we look at number three. Be very, very careful. In Jesus' name, amen. So, Exodus chapter 20, verse 7, tells us this. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. This commandment and the reason I started the way I started is about people using God's name in ways that was never intended to be used. Wrongly. And growing up, I thought this was simply about cussing. That the words you said, if you put certain ones together, you were in trouble. I did not, and I do not use God's name in that way, or Jesus, but you hear it often, all too often. If you're having, in the habit of saying, oh God, when you're surprised, I'd be very careful. It's not a good habit to be in. And many use the name of Jesus when they hurt themselves, or when something happens, and it's hard to swallow, and it's hard to watch, and it's hard to listen to, and when you hear it, I hope you get in the habit of praising God and blessing because he needs that and he loves that. So many use the name of Jesus in ways they, they never should. In the ancient Hebrew language that the Old Testament was written in, it didn't have vowels in the alphabet. In written form, ancient Hebrew was a consonant-only language. And in the original Hebrew, God's name on the front of your bulletin is Yahweh. You've heard that before. Uh, it's known as a tetragrammaton, which is four Hebrew letters together. Because of the lack of vowels, Bible scholars really don't know how that word was pronounced. It was so 
The Tetragrammaton consists of these four letters in Hebrew. Uh, Yod, He, Wal, and then He repeated again. That's the name where we get Yahweh. Some versions of the Bible translate the word Yahweh, others Jehovah. Uh, but later on, modern men try to add vowels to that. And it's really a guess what the name is. It was never repeated, and it was written in abbreviation. And so the name that they had once upon a time, we're just really guessing. There was a great fear of accidentally taking God's name in vain. They didn't want to say it wrongly, do anything wrongly. And Leviticus 24.16 tells us this. One who blasphemes the name of the Lord shall be put to death. The whole congregation shall stone the blasphemer. Aliens as well as citizens, when they blaspheme the name, shall be put to death. So, no wonder. They were careful with what they did. So, the Jews basically quit saying it out loud altogether. Instead, when reading Scripture now, they substituted those four letters, Yahweh, uh, and they added the A from Adonai and the E from Elohim, and they figured out maybe it's Yahweh, but the addition of vowels doesn't mean that's what it was. How it's pronounced, we, we don't know again. It could have two syllables, it could have three. A lot of sounds can be added to those letters to change. Before the invention of the printing press, when the scribes would copy by hand the word of God. Every time they would encounter the name of God, when they would write their short, abbreviated name, they would get up from the work table, they would go and wash, they would often change their clothes, they would pick up a new quill that had never been used before, and then they would proceed to write the name of God. And they would do that every time. Sometimes up to three times in a single verse, they'd get up, wash, maybe change, new quill, write the name. That's how respected and revered the name of God used to be. And what a terrible thing it has become when people drag God's name through the mud and take it in vain in that regard. My friend Tim worked next door with our friends at Synagogue, and it's a big week for them. They'll be using our food facilities this week. We love our friends next door. But when they had documents that had the name of God on them, every year they dig a hole and they bury them. And they have a ceremony because it is revered to them so much. That's kind of refreshing to me in a world that regularly blasphemes God name. So Exodus 27, you shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless. There's a punishment there. There's a, there's a price to pay who takes his name in vain. There's so much more to, to this command than meets the eye. Modern translations tell us not to misuse God's name. Look at the same verse in the New Living Translation. You must not misuse the name of the Lord your God. The Lord will not let you go unpunished if you misuse his name. So what's that mean? How do we misuse God's name besides using it to curse? 
One way we misuse it is by not taking it seriously. By not taking God seriously at His Word and what He says and what He asks us to do. Sometimes it's like story you remember from Acts chapter 5, Ananias and Sapphira, remember that one? A man named Ananias, with the consent of his wife Sapphira, sold a piece of property with his wife's knowledge. He kept back some of the proceeds and brought only a part, laid it at the apostles' feet. Told him it was everything, but he kept a part, kind of a little secret. Ananias, Peter asked, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and to keep back part of the proceeds of the land? While it remained unsold, did it not remain your own? And after it was sold, were not the proceeds at your disposal. How is it that you have contrived this deed in your heart? You did not lie to us, but to God. And now when Ananias heard these words, he fell down and he died. Great fear seized all who heard it. I guess so. And the young men came and wrapped up his body and carried him out and buried him. After an interval of about three hours, his wife came in. Not knowing what had happened, Peter said to her, Tell me, whether you and your husband sold the land for such and such a price? She answered, yeah, that was the price. <coughs> Peter said to her, how is it that you have agreed together to put the Spirit of the Lord to the test? Look, the feet of those who have buried your husband are at the door, and they'll carry you out. And immediately she fell down at his feet, and she died. When the young men came in, they found her, so they carried her out and buried her beside her husband. Verse 11 has to be a great understatement in all the Scripture. Great fear seized the whole church and all who heard of these things. Wouldn't you guess so? Oh my goodness. But what is their sin? They lied to God. They took him lightly. They misused his name. And for them, it was an immediate zapping. Here's one from the Old Testament. 2 Samuel chapter 6, verses 1 to 7. David gathered all the chosen men of Israel, 30,000. David and all the people with him set out and went from Baal Judah to bring up with there the ark of God, which is called by the name of the Lord of hosts, who is enthroned on the cherubim. They carried the ark of God on a new cart, brought it out of the house of Abinadab, which was on the hill, Uzzah and Ahio. The sons of Abinadab were driving the new cart with the ark of God, and Ahio went in front of the ark. David and all the house of Israel were dancing before the Lord with all their might, with songs and lyres and harps and tambourines and castanets and cymbals, when they came to the threshing floor of Nacon, Uzzah reached out his hand to the ark and took hold of it, for the oxen shook it. He watched it, and he shaking it, and he touched it. The angel of the Lord was kindled against Uzzah, and God struck him there because he reached out his hand to the ark, where he died there beside the ark of God. Just for touching it. Why? What's the big deal? Numbers 4.15 when Aaron and his sons had finished covering the sanctuary and all the furnishings of the sanctuary, the camp sets out after thus. Kohathites shall come and carry these, but they must not touch the holy things or they will die. So it was a prohibition against those not qualified touching it. He did and he died. But he took God and his word kind of lightly. Oh, he doesn't mean what he said. There you go. God told us that people would misuse his name. See if this sounds like the world you live in. 2 Timothy 3, 1-5. Understand this. In the last days, distressing times will come. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, inhuman, implacable, slanderous, profligates, brutes, haters of good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, 
Lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of good. Verse 5 is the interesting. Holding to the outward form of godliness but denying its power. Just playing with God. Just messing with God. Avoid them where it So this third commandment is way more than the words we don't say. It's how we approach God. It reminds me of these signs that we would see. Maybe you've seen a sign like this. I want to stay away from that, don't you? When I see danger, high voltage, I have no desire to go open the gate and go in and start taking I don't want to do that. Keeps me away. What about this one? Ever seen anything like that? I would not go into that area. I would stay out. Here's another one. I know where it is, but I'm... There's some of you in here that are going to make some of those, aren't you? You like that. I think we might have one more. I don't know how far 100 meters is, but I would be very generous in my measuring of distance right there. I would stay back. Any more? Is that the last one? That's the last one. This third commandment is kind of like a, just, just be careful. Don't, don't mess this up. Or There's consequences. Another way that people misuse God's name is by saying that they are speaking for God tell you something that happened in college at Mississippi State. I was very active at the Baptist Student Union. And boys would go to girls and they would say, God told me we should date. <laughs> that was always an interesting line to me. And I also noticed when they were doing this, it was always the pretty girls that God were telling them that they should go date. I just, it bothered me that someone would do things like that. And maybe he does, but not every other week it's a different way. Much has been done by many who say that they are speaking for God. Remember Harold Camping? Remember the billboards that the world was ending? May the 21st, 2011. Remember that? And then it didn't happen, as you know. And he said, well, it was, I'm in October the 21st, 2011. And then it didn't happen. Harold Camping passed away since all of his predictions. You have to be very careful when we believe God is speaking to us. And make sure that we are sure. Some people use it as a habit. And that's frightening to me. It's my belief that we should be foretellers, not foretellers. Does that make sense? Tell what God has said, not what you think he's saying to you about something else because you can get into some dangerous territory there. So one way people misuse God's name is by saying that they are speaking for him. Maybe the most common way this third commandment is broken is the next way. One way that it is misused of misusing God's name is just by not using it at all. 
You grew up praying before a meal, didn't you? You're in church, you probably grew up doing that. And we do. Doesn't matter if we're in a restaurant, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. But you ever sometimes just look around at a restaurant and see the people that get the food and don't pray? What has become interesting is sometimes it's become the exception when you see people praying instead of the rule. And I think that's misusing God to eat without a thank you. Or to have a day without a prayer. If you've been so busy you've had a day like that, you're misusing your relationship. What about a great blessing from God without even a thank you? What about when we talk about luck and coincidence? I don't think so. God has his hand in our lives. We better give credit where credit is due so we can misuse God. <coughs> Name that way. Every week we've looked at a positive way to say a commandment. We went from thou shalt have no other gods before me than thou shalt have me. We went from thou shalt not make a graven image to thou shalt get to know the real me. And instead of today making this thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. What if we vowed to do this? What if we did? Thou shalt take the name of the Lord thy God in earnest. Let's pray again.